what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. And welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. My name's Daniel. My name's Taylor. And we just saw The Invitation. So Taylor is going to be joining us on the pod today, the official producer of the pod and my wife, because she is... My a, wife! <laughs> she is the foremost expert on vampiric cinema made for women. Uh, this includes Twilight and several other vampire... Oh, all of the Vampire Diaries as well, and several other adult fantasy shows. Wait, vampires write in their diaries? <laughs> Uh, yes, and especially Stefan Salvatore from The Vampire Diaries. He had hundreds. <laughs> um, so Taylor is going to be joining us on the pod today. Uh, before we get into it, we did put out a poll on Twitter. So thank you for everyone who participated in that poll. We had a couple of options for this week. And so we thank you for helping us narrow down that decision. That's at Wild Dream Pods. If you want to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, we will be putting out po- polls Zanga, like that. MySpace, um, LinkedIn, Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> we don't have a website. We just have a Squarespace account. Lemon so Party. LemonParty.org. LemonParty.org. <laughs> Classic. Add me on there, dude. <laughs> guys, add me on there. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys chose the invitation, but we did get a mention of Emily the Criminal. Now, Emily the Criminal was a movie that was on the table for us the week that we went to go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But they weren't showing it at any theaters anywhere like near us. So we ended up, you know, skipping out on it. But I have seen the movie. And so I will go ahead and give you a quick review of that movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, probably one of the best movies I've seen this year. Definitely top three for me between that, everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Northman. That Emily the Criminal and the Northman <laughs> probably go back and forth for me. So um, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic movie. There were genuine moments where I felt actual suspense to the degree of like my, I could feel adrenaline building up in my own body. Um, I thought that the biggest fault that it had was inconsistent accents. Um, you know, they had two characters in there who are, um, the actors are television actors. So, you know, Aubrey Plaza and Juice from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> uh, you know, they both, uh, you know, or on TV shows for a long time. So, you know, you kind of see them as a certain way because of that. And that can be tough for actors, but both of them were given accents that neither of them seems to have ever done before. And so that part was, you know, took away a little bit from the movie, but overall I thought that the story was fantastic. I thought the script was incredible. I thought the reason for the name of the movie was really, really good. And I would highly recommend that if you can go see it somewhere, if it is showing somewhere near you, that you go check it out. And, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I will go ahead and give you guys a review as well. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it because it's very confusing because I don't know what's going on because I've never seen it. So that's definitely a big drawback. Um, I don't know who Emily is. I don't know what she did. I think she committed a crime. So that's and I would say probably nine out of ten. <laughs> If you would like us to do a full review, you can join us on <laughs> Patreon.com. For $10,000 a month, you can get it exclusive. Or if you want our sexy review, OnlyFans, hit us up. <laughs> There's also a premium Snapchat link at Wild Dream. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine. So let's get into this invitation, spoiler-free talk for a minute. Um, if you don't want spoilers for this movie, don't watch the trailer. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
This trailer played for us many times, and because of that, we knew every single thing that was going to happen in this movie beat by fucking beat. Yeah. Probably the worst marketing campaign for a movie I've seen in a long time because they simultaneously destroyed the the necessity to go see the movie by showing every single thing that happens in the trailer and also didn't do enough marketing to the point to where it was us and two other people in the back of the theater and or you know so like it was a theater in the back of the theater super small you know us and two other people and that was it so it, the marketing was so bad for this movie this is the exact type of trailer um that exemplifies the reason why me and Dave don't like to watch trailers uh, before we see things. We we don't want to know what's coming. And this this movie was, yeah, like Dave said, it just, it shows you everything that happens, even like some of the most climactic, you know, points of the movie. It was um, pretty egregious. But um, yeah, as far as uh, spoiler talk, spoiler free talk for the movie, um, it was, it was fine. I don't know. It was... Not my type of movie, I'll say that. Like, but it wasn't offensively horrible or anything. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of elements of the movie that I thought were done really well. I don't. I wouldn't say that there's any acting performances that were really bad for me. Um, I think that the most impressive thing about this movie was definitely the lighting for me, which is something that I know that I noticed that other people don't notice or care about. But I thought the lighting was really really great the only thing is that it suffered tremendously by not enough motivated lighting so for those of you who don't know what we what's called motivated lighting in filmmaking is that it's you know it's important to have cool and interesting and well like complex and thought out lighting setups for your film but you want to make sure that the lighting is motivated what this means is show a window with light coming through it now we know where the light's coming from so the audience isn't confused so like there's a most of this movie is blue and it's like, well, is there no ceiling in the damn castle that they're in? Is there no, like, are there giant windows for walls that allowed this unbelievable amount of blue light in from the moon at all times? And the moon is also not blue. So if you go see the Northman, like, they actually have good lighting in that movie with the just the moonlight and it's not blue. So it's just like, the lighting looks great and it's really well done and very well put together. But the lack of motivated lighting, like, took me out of the movie, you know, personally. Overall, the story was okay. I mean, nothing special. Taylor, what, what did you think about the overall story? As expected from a vampire movie? Yeah, I mean, I haven't even seen a, a whole lot of vampire movies, I guess, or whatever. But yeah, this felt like something I've seen a million bajillion times <laughs> ever. No real crazy reveal at any point or anything, like any twist or turn. It's just... Here it is. Done. Bye. Like that's the that was the you know vibe of the movie for me at least. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It it reminded me of a movie that I've seen, but I don't know what the name is. But I know I've seen it. <laughs> uh, I will say too before we even start to get into spoilers, what did y'all think of the horror elements of the movie? I mean, uh, I think that at the so the beginning of the movie, I thought it was it wasn't that bad. It was very jump scare heavy, which I think is cheap. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I think with a better score, it would have been scarier. Yeah. I feel like it was filmed just like your typical horror scene of creating suspense and then boom, you know, something. But yeah, the 
sound mixing and the jump scares was so loud. It hurt my ears so bad. The, you can tell that they didn't have anything actually scary to put on screen. And they just, so they doubled down and just put the boom sound times two. And just overlaid it over the original, just like it just it legitimately. So during every horror scene, I actually started to close my ears because I was like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another like just so, so loud, like even, you know, compared to the normal volume of the movie. It just I I get jump scares and they're already cheap enough. But Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the horror elements, they kind of just fall off a cliff after the reveal of the motifs of the movie, you know? True. Um, and so for that aspect of it, you know, I, I think it was, it served its purpose when it was needed and then they just kind of abandoned it entirely. Um, and again, I would be more scared by the jump scares if I had not seen every single jump scare in the movie in the trailer. Yeah. Or if like, you didn't even know what, you, like they show in the movie, I mean, uh, in the trailer, sorry, they show in the trailer, Oh, they're vampires. Turns out they're vampires. So yeah, like you, there's no twist. There's no twist. You know what is happening. And even if they didn't, I mean, look at the you know house. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I will say like like when it comes to the writing of the movie, the likable characters I thought were likable. The unlikable characters were unlikable. And you know, from that perspective, you know, the writing is okay. Um, but I think that that had more to do with the direction than the writing. And then the story overall was like, right. So we're going to jump into spoiler territory here. Spoiler alert, they're vampires. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. So the synopsis for this movie is a young woman is courted and swept off her feet, only to realize a gothic conspiracy is afoot. <gasps> Don't tell me it's a vampire. Wait, from the trailer? <laughs> You're telling me that's in the movie? <laughs> so the movie starts out. Uh, with a scene of a woman who is trapped in a room and she escapes the room and kills herself uh, by... I don't understand what the point of her holding that statue was. I was wondering the same thing. She holds a statue. So she gets this rope, she wraps around her neck, and then she holds a statue. Um, So vampire is the only way to kill them in this movie, as stated by one of the maids, is fire beheading... I think it was just fire and be oh a stake to the heart. She held the statue so so she would be weighed down hard enough to where the piano wire would cut her head off. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, that makes more sense. She does use Got a piano it. wire, which as soon as they show the piano, I was like thinking about the scene in Hereditary, <laughs> like the yeah, <laughs> she saws her head off. Uh, I was like, oh, they're gonna do it because vampires. It's like, but it's like even that, like even later when they say like the only way to kill them is a stake through the heart. Fire or beheading. I'm like, oh, so like every other fucking vampire thing that's ever existed. Ever. Yeah, which is, you know, which is th- there's also a point in the movie where one of the vampire chicks who has now been revealed is like I- explaining how they work. And she's like, well, you know, we actually can go out in the daylight or whatever. Like, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about us, but then also everything tracks with <laughs> like yeah. vampire wise. So uh, I thought but they weren't yeah. glittery. So yeah, I feel oh, like it was man. almost like a cover up to like they shot a bunch of the movie. And they're like, oh shit, they were outside at some point. <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> we need to add a line that says, yeah, we actually we can do that. So <laughs> you know. so you know, speaking of so just like 
<laughs> Sorry, just go back to the the opening scene. So I I was laughing at the very opening shots of the movie, and Taylor kept trying to get me to tell her like what I was laughing at. And you know, we do talk during the movie. Oh, fucking crucify us! I don't care. Whatever. We talk during the movie sometimes, especially if it's bad. I try not to if there's other people in the theater because I don't want to be the ones who ruin someone else's experience. But we could tell that the other people in the theater were kind of like this movie sucks. Like halfway through, like you know, it's kind of the same with us. Um, but the reason why I was laughing at the opening scene is again, motivated lighting, right? So they're inside the house and every time the lightning flash, so there's blue light completely lighting the whole house, right? Everything is in full vision. Where's the blue light coming from? I don't know. It's supposed to be storming rain. So wouldn't the clouds be covering the moon? So how is the whole house just completely draped in this blue, perfect blue lighting. There's no ceiling lights shown in the scene. And then when the lightning would come through, the whole entire house, like even like down the halls, would just flash completely white. I'm like, okay, so there's no fucking walls in this house? It's just made of glass where you can see like all the way through the house when lightning flashes? Like there's been times in my apartment where lightning is flashing and I don't even know about it unless I'm like outside because my blinds are closed. So I was just like, Where is the, how is this lightning like striking through the house to where the lighting is just boom, blown out white, like all throughout the entire house? That makes sense because I remember, I I do remember thinking, because my eyes kind of hurt from that scene. Um, The amount of flashing and stuff, I was like, golly, and it was actually making it hard to see what was going on. But yeah, it looked so artificial and maybe that's like, you know, yeah, Uh, I, I didn't even pick up on that, but now it makes more sense in my head. I was not thinking any of that. I thought it was perfectly fine. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Taylor is, you know, like even like, you know, she, she gets frustrated with the way that I talk about movies sometimes. She's like, no one cares, you know? And I I think that there's a lot of things that I should just not care about, but I do. Um, Speaking of, that's a great transition into going into the uh, introduction of the main character, Evie. So uh, Evie, who is played by, uh, Natalie Emmanuel. Natalie Emmanuel, that's right. Uh, so, you know, the girl from uh, Game of Thrones. Sunday. A Sunday from Game of Thrones. Which, you know, again, when I knew that she was in the movie, I was like, okay, well, I know she's a good actress, so, you know, shouldn't be that bad. Um, I don't and think she's bae. She's hot. She's hot. <laughs> she's so hot. Yeah, I didn't think that any part of her character was um, poorly performed. So, yeah, so they kind of introduce her. She's like, a you know, a working class person. You know, she's working this... This tough job, and then her and her best friend, which, by the way, her best friend was the best character of the movie. Am I wrong about that? You're not wrong. I loved her character. She reminded me of um, the the kind of comedic relief uh, in Get Out. Bro, I was going to say the exact same thing. She is literally the guy from Get Out with the glasses. I can't remember his name. But, like, yeah, like, he is just comedic relief. He's like, get the fuck out of you. Yeah, like, always like, gives good advice. Like, yeah, you know, hey, don't do that. You know, don't, this is stupid or whatever. But is also just, like, constantly funny. Like, every line just hits. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, like, I was, like, surprised by how funny this character was. Because she, I honestly thought she was funnier than the guy in Get Out. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I genuinely thought that. So, yeah, I mean, she and her friend are working for this catering company. And, like, even though it's, like, this really just weird out-of-place scene, I don't know, of her, uh, them talking about how they were, like, essentially sexually harassed during their uh, job that day. And then, this like, the boss guy is like, you know, there's a lot of other girls that would have, 
and what, what, what did he say? Like kill for this opportunity or something like that? Yeah, they would have been grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. It, I get what they were trying to do of like, yeah, it's tough to be a woman in any in industry and it's tough to be a woman. And uh, this guy's like a total dick. But it also just felt like that didn't come back into play except for she meets another guy who's an asshole like that. I actually did not think it was out of place with the tone of the movie. I mean, the point of the whole movie is that there's a vampire master over his three brides. So I didn't think it was that out of place. <laughs> She's like, I didn't think I was out of place. And David needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I'm here to disagree with every single point these two make. Um, I, well, I, I well, sorry to disappoint you, but I actually kind of agree with Taylor on this. I think... I feel like they were establishing that her character is a little woke because that comes up multiple times throughout the movie. That is true. And it's just showing that it's there, you know, I guess I don't want to get too far into the end, but, you know, they're showing that she's not going to give in to any of the evil that starts to happen. You know, she's like, she's pretty morally on her. On her stuff. Because I'm a strong moral woman. She's a girl boss. And that's fucking period. That's on period. Believe that. (laughs) I actually hate that it's that plays a part in this movie. Oh, like the wokeness and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, you you could have they could have definitely like done it different. Yeah, it could have been something else. But yeah. I mean, we'll get into it later. But I wouldn't have made the same decisions. So at this event that she's working at, she gets like a essentially like a twenty three and Me type of thing, like a find your uh you put it in your DNA. We'll give you your family tree type of thing. Um, which she ends up doing and you know the scenes that they show of her before like like all in this like first act where they're like kind of showing like how her life really is um, currently is really interesting to me because I thought that it was really good examples of exposition like they show her doing uh, uh, what I thought was pottery but it's not ceramics okay yeah get it right idiot (laughs) I definitely knew that like halfway through the movie I was like oh no wait that is ceramics (laughs) <laughs> they didn't mention it. No, I'm sure uh, <laughs> they tell us in the movie. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that that was it, like the scenes where she's doing that, um, you know, that shows like obviously she's like been having a tough time finishing projects, which I thought they did. They showed that really well. Um, you know, they showed that her mom had passed away. She's playing a voicemail that she had from her, which I thought was very realistic. There's a lot of people who have lost loved ones who still have voicemails and things like that from them that they'll play. Um, and then they show pictures of her with her you know, family and with her dad and when pictures without her dad and then pictures with her and her mom doing pottery or sorry, ceramics. Sorry. And then, you know, showing pictures of her with her mom when her mom was sick and that, you know, she clearly was, you know, probably had something like cancer um, because, you know, she's, uh, you know, balding in the in the pictures. So like this whole sequence that they do, it doesn't take very long, which is good because you don't want to take a lot of time to do that. And it was just all show, not tell. And so you kind of understand the head place that she's in at this time. Um, you know, she clearly recently lost her mom and it was really hard for her. And, you know, then later it's kind of explained that the par- part of the purpose that she's wanting to do the like uh, DNA test is because she feels like she doesn't have any more family anymore. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I remember like tapping Daniel on the shoulder and during the movie and I like gave him a thumbs up. I was like, hey, good exposition, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, so I do have a couple things about this scene. So one is they show uh, an eviction notice on her fridge to show that she's poor, um, but she's in a massive brick apartment in New York. Um, 
and she's a caterer. I it just didn't match. It did not match. Um, multiple times throughout the movie, she talks about how she's a struggling artist and she's she doesn't have very much. But her apartment was so big, um, and it didn't seem like she had roommates either, especially for New York standards. I mean, I've seen goddamn closets, you know, for three thousand dollars a month. Um, but uh, I thought the they did they find we finally saw a movie that did show and not tell. <laughs> Um, but I thought it was kind of weird that they, they really over, they did over, over show. Yeah. Like it was like, I'm listening to her voicemail while looking at her picture. And then the camera even keeps panning back over to the picture that we've already fucking seen. It's just like, right. Yeah. Her mom was sick. Got it. Got it. She's not here. No, but they keep going back to it. So it's like, I they gave know. us two plus two, but they gave us two plus two over and over and over again. Yeah. And we were like, they we get it. Two. It's four. Yeah. They said two plus two equals four. And then they underlined four and circled it. And then, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it over. Well, you know how you've been acting different since mom died. You know, like that. <laughs> we don't want the big hero six where like his big brother picks him up. He's like, thanks, big brother. Well, it's not the same since mom and dad both died and now we live with our aunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that shit. Like, right. yeah. Just unnatural dialogue. Yeah. I was actually when she was walking to the mailbox to drop off the DNA results. Um, I was annoyed by that because she was like, this is a really big decision. And I'm like, it's really not. It's really not a big decision. It's fine. It's whatever. Everybody does it. That's my question, though. Okay, so I've never I don't even know how these things work. So you in real life, like you you have to give someone your DNA in a goddamn envelope. (laughs) Yeah. And it's actually like I'm pretty sure 23 and me has been like under fire like multiple times for selling people's information. I'm saying that I would never do that. That is so scary to me. To well, just it's like, too late, bud. Cause our sister already did it. So we're fucked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> they, they got it all, man. <laughs> and the, our, our sister did a 23 and me. Uh, so, you know, me and Dana are both a quarter Hispanic and, um, and she was like, well, I want to see like what else like is out there. Literally what she got back was you're a quarter Hispanic and then white as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Her results were what we already knew. Yeah. Yeah. She was so disappointed. She was like, damn. Like, you know, <laughs> no French, no nothing. Just like, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a complicated like identity thing for Dan and I because our mom is half Hispanic. And we are only a quarter, but we were only raised by the half Hispanic. So at times it can feel like that, you know, but it's like, but it's like, no, we're, we're white AF and like, we just, <laughs> right. have, we just yeah. have to accept it. You know, that's so true. Yeah. I, I tell people, like I've had conversations where I've referred to myself as, as half Mexican and they're like, what? And I'm like, no, no, I'm a quarter Mexican. Like I'm a quarter Hispanic, like ethnically, but half of my family is Mexican and half is white. Cause I don't have a dad. So right. Like the, I don't even count, you know, that. So it's like, yeah, I've, <laughs> she's like, I, I hope that wasn't expensive. I bet it was. <laughs> I, I have no That's idea. That's why anyway. she got it for free. <laughs> she couldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. It probably is expensive, Daniel. Cause that's why the character had to do it for free. Idiot. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it did seem like a bougie party, too. I mean, we like the girl who started 23andMe has been on Shark Tank, so we know she's making hella bank. Sheesh. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I do agree with what Taylor said, though. She is like, like, she like pauses to do the thing. It's like, you didn't even need the scene of her sending that off. All you needed was just her like looking at the package and then you could have just cut to her getting the results. You know, that's true, especially because like, I feel like for the most part, this movie, like pacing wise, was really good. 
Like it, I agree. it kept moving and never lingered on anything too long. It was just next scene, next scene, next scene, which I appreciated. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So, you know, to Daniel's point, we're going to move on. And so the next scene is that she gets <laughs> a message from a guy saying, hey, I'm your cousin and I'm from England. And then, you know, she's like, OK, let's hang out. And then, boom, they're hanging out. You know, there's no like long drawn out thing about it. Right. And then in that conversation that he has with them, he's like, oh, there's a big wedding coming up and you should really come because people are really excited to meet you. And she's like, I don't know. He's like, of course, like I'd pay for everything. Like you're fine, like whatever. And then she goes, like you know, what I'm saying, like again, they don't draw it out. They don't have like all these scenes of her making decisions. Yeah. It's just like they have no. a they had like the the cut literally is her at the restaurant getting this proposition, starting to think about it, and then the next shot is a plane. Right, <laughs> it's which like, is perfect. She went, I thought, it, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought it was exactly and right. super well done. Yeah, I agree. Uh, actually, there was a scene where she was talking about it with her best friend for a little bit. Um, and she made a good point. She said they could be drug dealers. Uh, I forgot what the joke was, but we all laughed. Well, that, that was before she went to the to the to, to the, the dinner. lunch dinner, whatever yeah. it was. But um, you know what? To her best friend's point, she was right. <laughs> yeah, her best friend does kind of like <laughs> she is a voice of reason. She is the voice of yeah. reason. Yeah, exactly. Just like Get Out, like she's like. And I mean, again, it's also a similar motif of Get Out because she's like, uh, these guys are white AF. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, the, again, like like we were saying, the pacing is it goes pretty well. And, and not just that, but, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the horror elements in this movie. So as soon as she gets there, you know, they start kind of doing some horror elements of this um, and also at the same time doing good character development. Right. So like, you know, she works in the service industry, so she is really sympathetic to the you know servers at the mansion. Right. And she's like mad at the boss, you know, the uh, the head the bu- butler, the guy. head butler, because he is, you know, a dick and he treats the, the staff like shit. And, you know, now she has and is in kind of in a position to be like, no, fuck you, you know. And so it's just like like I thought like those were well done because, first of all, I agree. I, I liked that she was sympathetic to the servers because she should be and would be. And two, I like that she's like, yeah, no, fuck you, because she's from New York. Like, she's not going to be like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you spend enough time in New York like that, like, you know, the, the expectation is that you're not just going to be like, oh, sorry. Like, you're just really not. Fuck you. Yeah. Like she did in the movie. I, I like the I liked the scene in the movie where uh, she's smoking that cigarette and then she flicks it in his face and she goes, get the fuck out of here, you motherfucking <laughs> cocksucker. I love that scene. Because it's like she's from New York. You you get that feeling. They communicate that so well with just the way that she acts. Yeah, and I think that like like one of the better points of the movie was like, you know, when like when the, she's first being introduced to everybody and you know she bumps into somebody and she's like, Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah, I like that scene because again you're establishing oh, you're you're getting reminded where she's really from, you know what I mean? Um, no, she's from England. Her family is from England. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You tell me Uncle Tony's from England, eh? He been lying to me this whole time? And not even Italian? I gotta call my ma right now. She's she's not gonna fucking believe this. (laughs) Hey, ma. Wait, what? You're making pasta? I'm coming over. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) so anyways. Save me a slice. Just one slice of pizza. That's New York. Not a whole, not a whole. Hell yeah. (laughs) So... It's interesting, you know, like the character development in this scene and, you know, she meets Walter, who is the uh, head of the house. Uh, the Lord. Sorry. He's the Lord of the house, David. Okay. The Lord of the house. 
Come on, Dave, get it right. Um, and this guy, which, hey, messages us on Twitter. Do you think that the guy who plays Walter looks like Harry Styles? Does. I don't. Taylor thinks he does. I'm Daniel posting says, it right now. Okay, Taylor's going to post on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody vote. Everybody vote. Do you think this guy looks like Harry Styles? Yes or no? <laughs> and and And... After voting, reply and s- tell us who you would want to fuck more. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you would fucking do. Tell us, tell, tell us what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I will say that when they showed this guy, the first thing I thought was, oh, this guy's too hot. Like, he's, he's too handsome. Yeah, he's so, he's handsome and like this, like, almost that he looks weird kind of way. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like if you drew a handsome person and just made them real, like, that's what he looks like. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he introduced himself and was like, hi, my name's Jawline. Like, you know, just like, <laughs> it was just so over the top, like how, like, uh, all right, we get it, bro. Your, your face is perfect. I mean, that's what I think of Timothy Chalamet. Like, his jaw is way too chiseled, but this man was like a man jaw. Yeah, yeah. but I feel like I could knock Timothy Chalamet out. This dude intimidated <laughs> That's me. true. That's a good like, point. Like, I was like scared of this guy, which is, is appropriate to his character. He is supposed to be somewhat intimidating, right? That's true. Yeah. Um, but also charming. Um, he's definitely under Damon Salvatore, but over Edward Cullen. Um, I think he's on the same level as Stefan Salvatore, though. I'm going to pretend I know what that means. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. However, Emmett Cullen and Jasper Cullen, also hot. All right. Well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> And I agree with Taylor's assessment. Uh, I, I do think, uh, uh, hey guys, uh, just so you know, when you get married, you will watch what your your uh, partner spouse watches. Yeah. Um, and Taylor wants nothing more than for me to not watch Vampire Diaries with her because I ripped that shit up. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. I've I've been there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, this guy is very handsome like so handsome that you think oh he's a vampire mm-hmm. like <laughs> you don't get to look like that and not be a vampire true it was a good casting so very good regard. casting again and his performance was good too there is a tv show called dracula from 2013 that this man was also a vampire in okay there you go <laughs> there, hey, the more you know how old is this dude 2013 he he's like 400 years old daniel he's a real vampire <laughs> he okay he's a method actor Nineteen ninety. Oh, he's younger than me. I'll he's kick, younger than you, bro. I can you kick, kick his, his fucking ass, ass bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm walking here, motherfucker. <laughs> so he uh, <laughs> he introduces himself, and of course, he's charming and, and all. And so you know, she's kind of like in awe of the house and, and everything. And she meets the maid, who we saw in the beginning as well. Who you know, I think also is is a is a great character. She's the only not English. Uh, person from the uk i don't know i couldn't tell exactly which like scottish or something scottish yeah. irish wales yeah. something like that so um you don't know about england do you <laughs> maybe no. it's time for you to fucking learn man that's cockney it's not posh i uh, don't absolutely talk- wrong <laughs> no i mean i think you're right i think that is cockney <laughs> uh you know as almost as soon as she gets into the house you know we start to get some of the horror elements like on the first night and here's something that I will say that I loved about the horror elements of this. They don't do that bullshit like nothing happens crap. I fucking hate that in horror movies where it's like, the oh, we got to pad time. So we got to have someone walk around a creepy house and it's spooky. Cut to daytime. Oh, everything's fine. Nothing happened. 
You know, it's like, like, I hate that trope. It's like, you see that in like the bad insidious movies and shit like that. So I really appreciated that in every horror scene, something horror happens, actually happens. Someone gets killed. Someone gets fucked up. Well, she's only there for three days, so we got to fit it in somewhere. Yeah, that was another thing that they did really well of showing, not telling, is that they, uh, she has a gift from the bridesmaids of the wedding, quote unquote wedding. Oh, so you're going to get a spoiler. Uh, and so she picks up this note that says day one, day two, day three, and it has like what's going to happen on each day. So that kind of like tells you like how long she's expected to be there. And also like when, you know, they're like, hey, this is what we're doing today. It's like, you know, she's not surprised and neither are we really because we saw the itinerary. Yeah, the, the they, they start to show the horror elements, the exact things that we knew were going to happen because the they were all in the trailer. And, uh, you know, people start getting killed off and then they start going to the events. And basically, like, I don't even want to recap everything that happens in this, like, middle part of the movie because I can explain it all like this. She goes to the different events and things aren't as they seem. And she meets new people and they're kind of creepy. As this is happening, the maids are getting killed by vampires and she's developing a relationship with Walter. And they talk with each other and they kiss and then they fuck. And then (laughs) he says, will you marry me? He buys her dress as David. Okay, he also buys her a dress. And they're very nice dresses. Here's the thing. First of all, once they got to the sex scene, the whole movie's downhill from there. All right. Um, Second of all, he is not hot anymore because he has an Audi. All right. His belly button is an Audi. He has an Audi. His dick comes out of his (laughs) body. (laughs) They didn't show him. Unlike me, her husband. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't show his dick, which is sexism because they almost showed somebody else's tits. Yeah, I will say me and Dave did look at each other and start silent, like really quietly chanting, show his dick, show his dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> just do just, it. Yeah, what, he's got a vampire dick or something? What, he can't show it? What is yeah. he afraid of? It got really, yeah, just sexy out of nowhere. So it was just so, it was funny. Yeah, the, like, yeah, no, that's pretty much what happened. Like, they, very posh they do too much sexy stuff. And I mean, like, uh, the two bridesmaids that they show that she meets uh, at a party in the movie are Victoria, who's a total bitch, and Lucy, who's a super nice, sweet girl who She's just bubbly. wants a friend and, you know, wants a sister. And so they have, like, this total contrast dynamic, and uh, it's very clear that one of them is, like, you know, really into uh, Walter. And the whole time we're, like, it, like, the reason why it's so, like, boring at this point is because we're like, oh, they're probably married and have been married for like a thousand years because they're fucking both vampires. Like, so obvious. Because we know what the movie's about. Because they showed it in the trailer. Yeah, there's, there is no mystery because of that. That's what, you know, really sucks for, uh, you know... It just sucks for anyone who's seen the trailer. I mean, not just us. Like, you, you know, if you go see it and you've seen the trailer, you've already seen the movie. Sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't see the trailer and I had a great time. <laughs> So after that's a fair point. So after they have sex, he proposes to her, and she's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Ha ha, gotcha, bitch." And right. uh, I mean, that's classic. Kidding. Yeah, she's like, "I'm just kidding." He's like, "Ah ha 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 ha." So then they have a dinner. I've, no, I've proposed to every girl that I've ever had sex with. So yeah, that's just how you immediately do it. after like yeah. that. So I I love seeing that in the movie because it's just so realistic. It's just so realistic <laughs> to see like that desperation and like, dude, please, I don't want to be alone. Like, right. so well, I mean, I remember when I proposed to Taylor. I very easily put my dick in the ring, and so that, <laughs> that's definitely getting cut. Uh, I wear a size five, okay. <laughs> maybe I, reference. maybe when I was uh, 
asking for all these girls' hands, all just all these <laughs> girls uh, that I've had sex with, so many of them. Uh, when I was asking for their hand in marriage uh, after our first uh, time uh, having, you know what, fucking. Um, <laughs> um, maybe I should have said it like, uh, hello, gorgeous. Yes. I, I can't believe that you're here. Um, my, could I ask you a, a question, maybe? Um, could I have your hand? And that was—that's my impression of it. I was so bored by the way that dude fucking talked. <gasps> I mean, he's supposed to be sexy. He's not supposed but to be it was, interesting. It has to be sexy. <laughs> Sultry, right. sexy. It should, it they like, try and make him like seem like he's like he's like time. deeper than normal. He's like he's people also just not want interesting. Like by the, the, way. the okay, the only thing that they that I'll, I'll give him is like they did do the like. Oh, he's just like, he's like, everyone just wants something from me because I'm rich. So like, you know, it's hard to have serious relationships with people because everyone's an opportunist and blah, blah, whatever. But he said those lines, by the way. But yeah, here's something that that I really want to get to. Okay. So, so they have this dinner sequence, which again, this whole dinner sequence is in the trailer where, uh, (laughs) you know, he's like, by the way, we are, it is us getting married and then there's not someone else in your family and we have three families here and there's the other, the bridesmaids are vampires. They bring a waitress in, they slit her throat and they bleed out, right? So then they kidnap, uh, which would have been an awesome reveal if it wasn't already in the trailer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would have been, been incredible. Yeah, like, really, like, if you didn't know anything about this movie going into it, that would have been a really awesome moment. Look, I knew it was about vampires. I think that's pretty obvious just from the cover of the movie. Um, but it was a good reveal as far as vampire movies go. Yeah, it was, like, again, if I didn't know it was coming, it, like, it was decently brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, like, him just, like, grabbing, like, because like, they're like, oh, it's time for refreshments, and then the butler just grabs the the waitress and slits her throat, and it's like, yeah, like, that scene is really well done, and it was, looked vampires. really cool in the trailer. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, when, I, when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, ugh. You know, like, uh, yeah, here's the scene that I remember seeing like, five times, you know, <laughs> yeah. so that's the only thing that's what. But anyway, so they, they explain to her after they kidnap her and they're like, you know, holding her hostage. The two bridesmaids uh, explain to her that they are Walter's other two wives mm-hmm. and they are part of a specific bloodline of a family and that what's going to happen is she's going to drink his blood and then she's going to get his powers. And they also explain that the, the, she's going to be, have the strength of 10 men. Right. And so a hundred, a hundred men, the strength of a hundred men. When she drinks his blood, she's going to get all of his powers and have the strength of a hundred men. And then they also explain that she's, he's going to have to drink her blood in order to be immortal. So when you, she, they say that my first thought is, okay, just go through with it until you drink his blood and then just don't let him drink your blood. Well, that ends up what happens. Spoiler alert. But, you know, they really drag it out. Um, And so the other thing that they explain is that once he drinks from their blood, that they become immortal as well. And they can have his powers forever. But only once all of their bloods are mixed like that. Right. So all three blood, all four family bloodlines have to be combined in order for them to have this power. Otherwise, they will all die. Okay, well, if that's the case, then why the fuck was the... Like, they explained that this girl, Evie, is the only female left from the Alexander family bloodline, so why was Victoria being such a bitch? 
<laughs> she relies on her to have immortal life. She really enjoys being a vampire and she really loves have being immortal. And that's like all she wants is to just have that forever. But then she's such a bitch to her to the point where she almost leaves. Uh, <laughs> like, that's, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this is a great point. Yeah, good, well, good uh, observation. Because, yeah, that does not make any sense. Like, you would want to have a good relationship. Court with her. and, yeah, just, you know, kind of uh, be a good host and, yeah, try and convince them. Um, well, as somebody who's familiar with vampiric lore, uh, she is victorious, 500 years old. Who's the Lucy is 100. Or at least they've been in this relationship for 500 and 100 years. And so Victoria has the upper hand. She is the, I guess, the matriarch when it comes to the wives. Um, So she needs to make sure that she stays in power. So she's a bitch because she needs her to know that I'm in charge. Yeah, but when she's doing that before they tell her about being a vampire, she literally came this close. Like, I'm holding my fingers super close for the podcast listeners, <laughs> if you have no imagination. Uh, she comes, like, this close to packing up her bags and leaving England. But like, that's how mean she is to her. She's so mean to her that she almost leaves. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, wouldn't but- you want her to have some form of, like, Stockholm Syndrome? Wouldn't you want to embrace her so much that she's, like, happy to stay uh, I will say she didn't. She didn't almost leave because of Victoria. She almost left because she found uh, her Facebook prof- yeah. profile. And- oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But she only goes and does that because of Victoria. So uh, still, the point. The point no, is still she's that a nosy the, bitch. the point is is that she is being pushed away and being treated like shit by someone who one hundred percent relies is like dependent on her being cooperative and 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 engaged in this you know proposition. But she's a total bitch. It's like, why the fuck would I want to be eternal with you? I disagree again. Why do you disagree? Because from Victoria's point of view, she's mortal. She doesn't have a choice. She's not going to get to have a choice in being in this relationship. But to your point, the first girl that was in this relationship killed herself. So Exactly. It's like, yeah, like, like she killed herself. Like, like, shouldn't you now be like uh, doing everything you can to make her happy in this relationship? That's true. Like what? Uh, okay, know. so here's my question then. So, <laughs> okay, so they, because I didn't I actually did not pick up on all this. Maybe I didn't care enough. But oh, so okay, okay so <laughs> they need all four bloodlines to mix to together mix. in a yes. fucking I don't know a nutri bullet, and they're just gonna make a blood smoothie. <laughs> kind of yeah. Why? What? Why does the marriage matter? Why can't they just slit that like slit her throat open, take the blood, and um, mix it with theirs? I'm, I think that has to be active. Yeah, I think she. I think she. Okay, has so they to don't have alive. to even kill her, like. So like, but so I, why don't why don't they slit her wrist open real quick, get a bunch of blood, and then put her in a coffin, and lock her in there forever? Well, that's what like, they tried to do because with the other she has girl. to drink his blood, and room. now she's gonna have the strength of a hundred men, Daniel. Okay, so she has to drink his blood. Okay, I don't know. This was weird. I don't know. Yeah, this I was agree convoluted. with you though. I think they could have locked her in a coffin. Yeah, the rules were not like super clear, and <laughs> and that's that the movie faults because of that. Because like you, like, hey, we didn't even think about it for more than ten seconds until just now, and we're like already poking a bunch of holes into it because <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't make right. any sense. So again, they're in the cellar. She's locked in there. She's they're explaining what's going to happen. She's going to have all this power, all this money, freedom, blah blah blah. It's not really freedom. I completely disagree with her choice. As a, and to be fair, as a straight white woman, um, I would have said yes. Who's not from New York. Who's not from New York. <laughs> um, I absolutely would have said yes. Like in a heartbeat, I would be like, money, forever, alive. Yeah, I'll do it. 100%. Hot husband, I'll do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's... That tells me you have no morals and you don't mind drinking blood from the help. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll do it. There you go. I mean, yeah. I mean, Taylor <laughs> Taylor kept nudging me during the movie, like, telling me, why like, she she's like, no? why is she saying no? Like, I don't understand. What's the problem? <laughs> she's like... She's broke. She has nothing for her back home except her best friend. Yeah, she does so say that she point? has no family left, like, whatsoever. Just say yes. Uh, so anyways, the the maid that she was assigned ends up helping her escape and she says like it's time to end this which is when we get the line like the only way to kill them is beheading stake through the heart or fire and we're like right so they're vampires and (laughs) and then she's like you know they have a sequence where she's like trying to run away and then she goes to this house again so she she goes into the town she goes to these people's house and she's asking these people for help and she's given tea so one of my favorite uh-huh. things about this movie is this scene because every time in any movie when someone like a random stranger gives someone yeah. any food or liquid or whatever and they're like, here, drink up. You're like, oh, that's poison. Like, it's just right. like. And so, like, in a real situation, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not drinking or eating this. And every time they do. And so I love that in this scene, she's like, mm, how about no? <laughs> and she doesn't drink it. I told you from the sex scene that drops down. <laughs> Which sucks too, because if you if you're gonna have her be smart and go, you know what, I'm not gonna drink this. They're trying to poison me. Then you could get some kind of satisfaction out of her like beating them. But she smashes the husband in the head, and then old frail little a hundred pound lady somehow knocks this bitch out with like a vase or something. I don't even. It was know. like a cookie jar or something. Was shit. it? Yeah, a cookie jar. Yeah, I don't know. She just knocks her dog. out real easily, real easily, and all right. Good night. So yeah. it's like, okay, what was the even point? Might as well have had her drink the fucking poison. And like, I, either I, way. I couldn't tell if they were trying to imply that these two people were vampires, but if they were vampires, mm-hmm. how did they age? I do want to mention, though, like before the if she even gets to the house and stuff, what I did appreciate is like the, the maid who helps her, she's like, here, do all this, blah, blah. And she goes, why are you helping me? And she's like, you know, it's time for this to end. She's like, well, what's going to happen to you? She's like, I'm going to get what's coming. And then she goes, hides in a little, uh, you know, shed where they are keeping all these bodies on ice. And they bring in the maid's dead fucking split open head body. Like, she immediately got killed for helping. I mean, I just appreciated that logic. Like, yeah, it's like, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah she's, she can't run. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they would have found her immediately, and the guy was carrying a, a butcher knife, and he just fucking smacked that bitch in the head. Like, yeah, just, I mean, it's like, oh, uh, finally something pretty realistic, you know? It's like, yeah. I also kind of appreciate that they didn't do the um, vampires are fast trope in this movie, because there's no reason for them to be fast, I've never found a reason in Vampire Blood or any vampire movies or anything that would explain why they get faster. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I did appreciate that too, Dan. I like that it was like realistic, like what ends up happening to her. Yeah. Uh, and that it was so immediate. And Taylor was so upset from this scene too because while she's hanging there, the blood drops on her face and she's literally like, there she's are like, still people in the shack. Uh, she's like, ah. Uh. Like under the table, and I'm like, why the fuck would you make a sound? What? Why would you? You weak bitch. This is why you almost died. <laughs> yeah, it's like I agree with her That's because true, it's like yeah. she breaks character. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like like no, she wouldn't. She would like have a cold head about this. Like she's, she's yeah, she's hiding for her life, and then she goes, ew, gross. <laughs> like yeah, pretty much. Why, yeah, essentially, right? It's like, come on, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, and so that what happens from that is like. After she goes to the, when she goes to the old people's house, like the last thing I want to say about that scene is that 
that scene would have been more impactful again if I hadn't fucking seen her get hit in the head in the trailer. <laughs> yep. They she showed, literally yep. show that. They show her getting hit in the head and knocked out by this old couple in the trailer. They even, even like, to the, to the degree of in the trailer, if I remember correctly, they show the little camera effect of the eyes closing like oh yeah I, I, I believe that yeah. too yeah it's like god dang they showed everything in the trailer yeah. for this movie yeah so you know once she gets knocked out by the old people she wakes up and she's in this like she's in the study of the vampire guy and uh walter uh, yeah he is like talking to her and then he starts explaining like what they used to call me in the old country was no, Nosferatu. That's, too. that's and, not even the best part of it. And scene. I was like, uh, is he explaining to her right now that he's a vampire? Like, we didn't fucking <laughs> already know. And she already knows this? Uh, yeah, he plays a bunch of, like, soft music on his little ugly-ass record player. And he's, like, telling the story with music playing in the background. And it's like, why did you need the dram- dramatic music? Again, from the sex scene, whole movie's downhill. Doesn't that track with vampires, though? Like, they're super dramatic? <laughs> I mean, they wear capes. <laughs> Again, he is no deeper than he seems. He is an annoying vampire. And so, you know, when she wakes up, she's being forced into the wedding. And so what ends up happening is what we said should and actually everyone believes should happen. She drinks the blood of the guy, and while she drinks the blood of the guy, she, um, you know, gets up and doesn't let him drink her blood. So now the immortal thing has gone away, and she is, (laughs) uh, and she throws the fire everywhere and starts burning the house down, which again, we saw this in the trailer. Uh, She stabs him. Fire kills vampires. Fire kills vampires, thank you, yeah. Uh, And so... Which, again, right before she does all this, they do this, like, bullshit, like, flashback to everything that you see in the movie type of thing, which Taylor was so upset about. I was so I hate it when movies do that in general where they're like, okay, let's flashback the entire first and second act. And I'm like, what are you doing? And to be fair, I hated this before I married David, okay? Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. Like like I remember her, you know, doing that. Like even you know during some of the movies that we watched like early on, and I was like, oh, she's the one. <laughs> I was like, I was like she understands why this sucks. <laughs> it's funny because when the, when they do that in movies, my my brain like automatically starts playing the Saw theme song in my head. <laughs> like when they do the recap, I, I think. To be fair, in the Saw movies, nothing fair about it. No, 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 no. I'm going to defend Saw. Let me tell you what, all right? Saw did it right because I actually would have been lost as fuck if they didn't do that in Saw. Yeah, I mean, it serves a purpose in Saw. Like, it definitely serves a purpose. Because at least in Saw, when they do that, they show things you didn't already see. You know, well, like they'll show him setting up the traps and things like that, like the like the behind the scenes of the scenes that we saw of what actually happened. Once she throws the fire everywhere, she then uh, stabs him in the heart with a stake, which I saw that coming because it was in the trailer. Uh, And then they go into like this uh, fight scene um, between her and Victoria. And during this scene, there's another twist where Lucy uh, fights like fights with her. And she actually, like, fights Victoria against her. I thought it was funny because she starts attacking Victoria. She's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know what? Enough. You know, whatever. Which, okay, convenient timing for you to go, you know what? This is fucked up. I know it's been a hundred years, but I think I just now realized. But anyways, 
she she is like, oh, I, I can push her into this uh, rod that's conveniently sticking out. Oh, God. So she pushes her in, but then pushes herself on there, too, on accident. I and neither of them are that. through the heart, by the way. Yeah, just through, like, their pelvis if, or whatever. It's like, but it's just so funny. It's like, she just conveniently takes both of them out of the equation. Oh, all right, good. All right, it was a very Dos Ex Machina really, moment. It was just, just really silly to me. It was, it just was like, like, all right, we got to get rid of these two characters. Yeah, how do we do this uh, quickly? You know? Let's have these two characters, which have like, what, a foot and a half difference in height, <laughs> somehow both be impaled through the heart at the same time with yeah. the same object. <laughs> yeah, it made sense for Lucy, but Victoria was like, "What? how are you dead? Yeah, like you got stabbed through the fucking the belly. Yeah, the crunch. Yeah. yeah, they're they're completely removed from the equation, which it was it was nice to see them die, which was something that happened in this third act that I didn't see coming because you know it wasn't in the trailer. Um, but then um, she goes to find a, a weapon to kill the main character, the Walter character, um, because they you know she's like, oh, he's not already dead, or else I wouldn't have powers. That's what Victoria tells her. So she goes to find a weapon. When she's going to go look for this, she the butler comes out of nowhere, which, am I wrong with it? Was the butler a vampire or not? Because me and Taylor were talking about this in the car. What did you think, Dan? Oh, shit. I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah, I mean, so he says a couple of things that make it sound like he might be a vampire. But, like, the reason why I, I was upset about it is because I was under the assumption he was not a vampire because the way that Walter explains it is that he gives everyone protection by not killing them as long as he and his wives continue to exist. And so I didn't know if the butler was a vampire. I was like, well, if he's a vampire, why the fuck is he a butler? You know, it's like, like you really get the shit job of being a, a vampire. But then when he goes to fight Victoria, they're the same strength. They have the exact same strength level. So I was like, I hope he is. If I if like, like, I don't think they made that clear enough if he is like personally. And I'm only saying that to save face for me being a dumbass. And but, <laughs> yeah, but he had, he was, they were the same strength level. So it's like annoying in that aspect, you know? And so, but eventually she fucking dunks on his ass too, which by the way, she dunks on everybody in this movie, bro. <laughs> True. She goes full girl, girl boss and just fucking gets everyone's ass. But anyway, so she, she finally, you know, she kills him. She finds this like, you know, thing that's used to cut meat. And so she's like, okay, it's obvious like she's going to, you know, cut his head off with this. At least that's what I was thinking. But then I was like, but I saw this scene in the trailer where she doesn't cut his head off. I saw the scene in the trailer where she kicks him into a fire or something. So what ends up happening is uh, the fire is raging through the house. Uh, she gets in a fight with Walter and he's like old and decrepit. Now he's holding her up by the throat um, into the air, which you'll see that scene in the trailer as well. And then she's like wearing the white dress and everything. She wraps the piano wire, whatever around his wrist, cuts his wrist off. He's standing there and he's like, Oh, I gave, I offered you everything. I gave you whatever. And she's like, whatever. And boom, freaking. Spartan kicks his ass into the fire, which the scene of her getting choked in the air and then dropping to the ground and then kicking him into the fire, which is the end of the climax, is in the fucking trailer. <laughs> this is the end all be all ending climax of the movie, and it's in the fucking trailer. Yeah. How yeah. annoying is that? Like none, like when I say beat for beat, you know, every single thing that is going to happen beat for beat from the trailer. I'm not joking to the point of knowing how the end fight scene plays out. I'm going to defend it again. Yes, the trailer was trash and I don't appreciate trailers that are trash, but movie was not that bad. I know, but everything it, was as expected, though. So, yeah, after she kills him, she walks away. There's a fade to black. And then it says two weeks later. 
which I'm really glad it said that. I'm so glad that if the, it was Sunday when she killed him, so now it's two Sundays <laughs> later. It's been exactly 14 days since she left. So, so in, in the 14 days she went back. Okay, so so it's been exactly <laughs> two weeks. And if that was Sunday, now this is Sunday. So I'm glad they said two weeks later. And then Taylor, do you want to give your thoughts on this last scene? It was so stupid. Um, so they're, I'm assuming they're in London because... Oliver, which is her cousin that reached out to her in the beginning, he is a realtor. Um, like his his family, they're all realtors. Um, so he's walking into his business and he's talking about how she can't come find them. She's mortal. Like he says this two times. He says she's mortal and she has no powers. Like we didn't already see her teeth and her nails go back into her body when Walter died. Like you didn't need to tell us again. Right. Show, don't tell. Um but then her and the best friend who we've already established is that the best character also has some comedic relief at this last scene. Um, they're apparently hunting down all of them. Um, so she's hunting down everybody in that family, I guess. But that's stupid. Also, how is she getting the money to just travel to Europe on a whim? Where is this coming from? I thought she was broke. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I didn't like any part of this final scene. They should have just cut to credits. But they like set it up for like a, a fucking sequel movie where she just becomes a vampire hunter. <laughs> but speaking of endings, I do want to mention what I thought would have been cool is what if in this, I think this is how I would have ended this uh, movie if I were to make some stupid, dumb romance uh, imitation vampire movie. He goes to drink her blood. Imagine he's like, Wait, that doesn't taste right. Wait, you're not. And then she morphs into a fucking werewolf, bro. Boom. Turns out she's a vampire. Boom. Turns out she was a werewolf. She's got werewolf blood. And she just starts. Then you get a big vampire versus werewolf battle. That would have been fucking sick. And then all the every single uh, like uh, servant was also a werewolf. Yeah. Oh, and, that's, yeah. and that's why she's a werewolf, because her like great, great, whatever the affair that she had was with a werewolf. Yes, bro. Bro, that would have been so good. Imagine her just going, Arr! and then just people just boom. They all start morphing boom, into the dude. wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, From the time of the Audi belly button until this, it was all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Audi, Audi belly button. Took her out of the movie. She was she like, was like I'm, I'm done with this fucking guy. <laughs> Kill his ass. <laughs> fucking get him. Who cares? So, yeah, this movie uh, is exactly what, what it, you think it is. Uh, so, yeah, so for me, my favorite part of this movie is definitely the lighting, like I said already. I mean, just the, the design of it I thought was really well done. Um, my least favorite part of this movie was probably just the entire third act because, again, my least favorite part of this movie is actually the marketing for the movie. You know, like <laughs> right. that that's the problem. My, my biggest issue with this movie is the trailer showed me everything. So because of that, there was nothing that I got out of the third act. Uh, let's see. My favorite part of the movie was probably just the, the care, the, you know, main character's best friend. I just think she was solid. She was, you know, she was like, just like we talk about Creed in the office, how so few lines, but they're always golden. Um, so she kept the movie kind of a little bit self-aware, um, and she was a good comedic relief. I think my least favorite part of the movie is the sex scene because I didn't get to see no dick or tits or nothing, <laughs> or no ass, nothing. What the hell? Uh, so what is this, a G-rated movie? Get the fuck out of my face. Let me see some action. I, I don't know. I guess my favorite part is 
just the dark gothic vibes. I really enjoy those types of movies. Um, I, that's something I don't enjoy about Twilight. It's not very dark and gothic, except for the first movie. Um, my least favorite part, obviously, as we all know, is the belly button. Um, no, it's actually the last scene. I really hate the last scene. And the fact that she didn't say yes, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I uh, would have to give this movie a four out of ten for me. I think that the elements of it in terms of pure filmmaking, like shot composition, editing, lighting, acting, all of those things where I think were done really well, it does suffer from a poor story. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a four out of ten for me. Yeah, I think I would probably give it the same rating somewhere around there. Yep. The movie is exactly what you expect it to be. It's a dark vampire movie. There's a lot of vampires. There's a lot of jump scares. I enjoyed it as somebody who didn't see the trailer. Um, so I would go up to a five. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I would, like like I said, I, I think it was it was well made. It was well paced. Acting was fine, but it's just not my type of movie. Like I, it just was not made for someone like me. I think that was the biggest issue for like it was just a, a, a kind of a roadblock. So we're going to go into the second part of the podcast here where we're going to look up some stuff online, see what other people thought, see if they found the same things that we found or maybe they saw some things we didn't. And we'll be right back. And we're back for the second half of the pod. I have some stuff that I want to mention from the IMDb, and then Daniel has some stuff from Reddit, and then Taylor actually found some interesting stuff just Googling some stuff about the movie online. So um, the only things I want, I, the reason why I want to mention what's what's listed on the IMDb is that there's a lot in this movie that is um, ties to Dracula directly that we just didn't know about because we are not as, you know, we don't, we don't know as much about the Dracula lore. Uh, so... That we, there's definitely a lot of stuff in there that we miss. So, like, for instance, some of the things that I thought were interesting is that... So, the first thing that it mentions is that as Evie exits the airport, the last picture shown on the wall is of Whitby. Whitby? I don't know. If you're English, uh, tell me how to pronounce that. Uh, which is supposedly the location of the film and the place that Dracula is said to have landed in England. So, the old couple that uh, recapture Evie after the escape are named Jonathan and Mina Harker which are the names of two very prominent characters in the book Dracula. So, again, something that we didn't know. Carfax Abbey is the name of the estate purchased by Dracula in the original book, and it's also the new Carfax Abbey hints at the owner's identity. So it's the name of you know his uh, estate. Um, Lucy, one of the brides of Walt, uh, is also the name of the victim of Dracula in the 1992 film. So there's a lot in the movie that points towards him literally just being Dracula. Um, and we just didn't know that because, you know, we're not as uh, up to date with that. Um, but another thing that, you know, just film wise that I thought was worth mentioning is that uh, Thomas Doherty replaced Garrett Headland for this movie, apparently. And I'm really glad that he did. I'm really glad that they had that guy for the um, for Dracula because he much more looks like a vampire and feels a lot more like simultaneously like charming but scary. Um, and the other thing is that Sam Raimi was, uh, apparently attached to produce the movie at some point. That would have been cool if he, I mean, if he directed this movie, it would have been even better. It would have been amazing. Yeah. It would have had a lot of humor and stuff too. And he probably would have went, he probably would have got an R rated, an R rating instead of, you know, the PG-13. hell yeah, bro. 
But, they're uh, like they, so they 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 like blurred out so some good. of the gore in this movie and shit. I did want to I did want to uh, say in, in addition to your Dracula kind of nods, I did notice that in the movie the guy ends up being a vampire and Dracula was a vampire. Well, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. So, and oh I my god. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I noticed it. I know I a lot of people miss that. I know. I know a lot of people aren't going to pick up on that, but. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a you know cinema head. So, um, uh, so I looked up uh, the thread on Reddit, and I do want to say that pretty much everyone unanimously hated this movie. Everyone was talking about how trash it was, um, which I don't blame them. I mean, it wasn't you know. I don't think it was as bad as they made it out to be. But I mean, hey, whatever. It wasn't good. Um, Someone said, I'm not sure why there's so much artwork with protruding wooden spikes in Dracula's house, but go off, I guess, um, which is very true. Um, they also said that as a big Dracula fan, I actually enjoyed that twist as well as all the little Easter eggs with some of the references, but I hated the cheap jump scares. The scenes were not tense enough to earn them, uh, and you can tell that they knew... You could tell that they knew that from the horrible music stings, i.e. the please jump cues, <laughs> which is a funny way to put that. Um, and then I did also want to mention this comment. Someone said, um, did anyone else look at the final fight scene and feel convinced that it was reshot to bring the rating down? Because it feels like it was set up for her to decapitate him instead of cutting his arm off. Uh, I think that they were saying, well, she stabbed him in the heart. She set some of them on fire. But she didn't decapitate. Where's the decapitation? Yeah. Um, this person also said the scene seemed to have really poor CGI, um, including shots of just her upper body and face, which would be easily reshot, which is very true. I, that actually, that final framing was a little awkward. Um, and I just like this comment because it does bring up a good point. There's a lot of times in this like movie where you can tell very blatantly that they were like, ah, we can't go that far. It'll be uh, rated R if we do. Um, including like, you know, they blur out some of the, or like, you know, not blur out, but a lot of the, what happens that's like super brutal and crazy is like out of focus in the background. Yeah. So you can't see any details about it. And her, her friend at one point, she, uh, a bird flies into the window and they call him a shrike or whatever out there. And she goes, oh, my God, what what happened? What was that? And she goes, oh, it was a shrike. And the friend goes, what the freak is a shrike? She says, what the freak? I just thought that was so, I was like, okay, you can't just say. rewrite the, the line. You can't say the F word because you, you need a PG-13 rating. So, like, there was a, yeah, I was like, imagine if this How was How are teenage girls going to go see the movie if it's rated R, Daniel? Exactly. That's, Riddle me this. Yeah. So, they had a good point. I, I, I did notice a lot of times in the movie where I was like, okay, we get it. You need a PG-13. Again, my least favorite part of the movie was no tits, no ass, no dick. Uh, so, yeah, even the sex scene was toned Release down. Release the unrated sure. version of The Invitation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I had. Anyway, I just looked some stuff up on Google. Um, one of the main things, <laughs> the main articles I found was, it's, la- it's titled, Few Trailers Spoil a Film Quite as Completely as This One for Horror Movie The Invitation. And that's all. That that makes sense. That tracks. Um, another one reads, If you'd rather be titillated than terrified, RSVP yes to the invitation. Oh, my God. 
and that was from the AV club too. <laughs> what a punch up title job that was. I is. know, right? That went through so many revisions. They're like more, uh, more. more. <laughs> <laughs> but I also disagree. Again, there the sex scene was subpar. Um not I mean, there was almost a nip shown, but not really. Like it, it just wasn't it wasn't very titillating. Oh yeah, that reminds me that uh, lady, the Victoria chick, she is butt naked in the pool, and you can like maybe make out a nipple underneath the water. Like it, it honestly felt to me not that I was staring, Taylor. Is that <laughs> uh, they actually do make like covers for that so that yeah. you're not naked on set. So like, oh uh, okay. And I and I have worked with people who have had to use those for like fake shower scenes and stuff like that. So I'm actually like that the whole time I was like, I'll bet the reason why you can't see Nip right now is is because of that. Like she's not actually naked. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, another one I read was the invitation is a waste of perfectly good evil vampires. It says vampires are cinema's most malleable monsters. They can sparkle, skateboard, yell bat, or do gymnastics. Bat? All while fulfilling <laughs> their blood sucking duties. In the horror movie The Invitation, vampires take on their more familiar role as society's rich and powerful as an unlucky human guest joins them for the weekend. And they go on to say that it never manages to be scary and it hides the vampires behind a lifeless love story. Now, while I do agree with the lifeless love story, I personally, again, as somebody that didn't see the trailer, I thought it had its good moments of scary. I liked that it was a serious version of vampires because I kind of feel like since Twilight nobody's really wanted to do serious scary Victorian vampires and I was really happy that that's what this was now again as David said it's a nod to Dracula which again I appreciate um and it wasn't done very well they could have done better with the third act specifically but overall I I disagree I think I think it was refreshing to see serious vampires. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your point, too, actually. I, I do think that there's not much you can do with vampires that we haven't seen already without doing something that I don't give a fuck about. Like, even in Twilight, <laughs> I was like, oh, they sparkle instead of burn. Like, I Like, really? Like, that's what you have so far? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. So, yeah. And, of course, it is hard for me to take vampires seriously after what we do in the shadows, which, I mean... <laughs> That's just an incredible, you know, documentary and uh, television series. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that we read or anything that Taylor said contradictory to what I've said that makes me change my rating. Uh, For sure, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, we went to go see this one upon y'all's uh, decision. So <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, and we will most likely be posting more of that stuff. So catch us on social media. Uh, we are at Wild Dream Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll keep a lookout for more polls. And we will see you guys next week. The invitation. <laughs> More like the invigation. Because I'm gay. <laughs> there you want to take no that again or no? <laughs> no, I'll leave it.